0: ah we are back sorry for the hiatus but you are now back with cross talk with the pinkneys i'm mr pinkney first name eric and i have my lovely wife here
1: hey 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 uh
0: yeah so before we get into today's topic i want to just uh tell everybody we didn't forget about the podcast um, there's just been a lot of different changes uh, occurring in our lives individually and as a married couple. So, uh, yeah, won't go too much into it.
1: No, we are not pregnant.
0: Nah, that, yeah, that's not happening either. Yeah, that's, that, that did not occur. So yeah, we're, we're good on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For certain. Uh, <laughs>
1: no, it's more like um, personal growth and development, and then uh, there was one weekend that Eric was out of town, the next weekend I was out of town, and <laughs> oh, it's, been, it's been life around here. Yeah. It's been life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But anyway, but yes, we are back, and today we are talking about, drum roll please, the birds and the bees yes aka
0: sex (laughs) we are talking about sex and we're not talking about the word that the world wants to manipulate and return uh, reference to 80 different genders but uh just sexual intercourse intimacy that stuff that type
1: or your your favorite term for it
0: my favorite term is not my own by the way uh i call it active worship but that is not a term that I invented. <laughs> uh, shout out to the Perrys. Jackie Hill Perry. She's hilarious. But that is something I've adopted in my vocabulary. And I most definitely talk about active worship. Or at least that's how I refer to sex.
1: Hey, uh, All the time. I like it. It's my favorite, too. It has now become my fave.
0: <laughs> and many people that... Or many sisters in the Lord that she communes with have thought it's... Have been <laughs> thinking it's the most hilarious thing in the world but they also adopted it so
1: and just to put Mm. it like in perspective when you actually consider that it is a form or act of worship that kind of takes the negative connotation that is so prevalent i would say in the uh, christian community Mm. i think a lot of times whenever we hear about the verb sex Mm. um it is like something that is shunned or like shameful Um, Like, I know that's very much how I felt growing up, you know, as I was in a Christian home and we didn't really talk about sex (laughs) at all. Um, I learned about it in sex education in sixth grade. And yeah, after that, I looked at boys completely different. Like, oh my God, now I'm freaked out right now. Um, But no, uh, sex is something that God created. Like, he created man and woman and he created this beautiful gift of sex for us to be able to enjoy um it's not just for a man's pleasure it is also for a lady's pleasure as well um and yes there are um pregnancies that do occur being able to make life is a precious gift that we are giving through this pleasure known as sex um but i think there are other um other things that go along with sex, other things that you are able to experience other gifts that are involved in that as well. What's your take on this pink? Give us some, uh, give us some thoughts going on in your head.
0: I ain't gonna front. I'm kind of still kind of stuck on the fact when she said it is a, it is an act that men, that is not only pleasurable to men, but to women as well. i man i would question it because i think men sex drive <laughs> higher sex drives than women but at the same time men don't really need any kind of motivation to have sex i mean my wife could take off a sock and if i'm having the thoughts
1: y'all he, he's listening after my big toe that big toe when i went and got that manicured or that, excuse me that pedicure done
0: she's totally <laughs> just kidding Cause that has never happened. But I mean, the I was
1: flashing my big toe, but I'm just,
0: <laughs> I'm just saying it doesn't take much for the man to want to make love to his wife.
1: This is so true. And we've had this conversation before. Mm-hmm. Um, let me, let me go ahead and just preface this by saying we, me and Mr. Pinkney, both have the belief, um, biblically based that sex is only for married couples. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically only male and female couples um that have uh, made a covenant before god the state mm-hmm. friends and family blah 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 yes um this is the specific type of sexual relationships that we um believe in that we think are acceptable in the sight of god mm-hmm. um so that is kind of the reference we'll be taking um
0: foundation yeah. right there
1: yeah i, I want to go ahead and lay that out there um I, we may even talk about um you know sex outside of marriage what that looks like what that can do why that's harmful um we'll get into that in a second um but, Lord, I just lost my train of thought of what you were just saying.
0: Nah, you should, it was oh, just my take on sex. I got it. In general, I got it. It came
1: back. It came back. So, we've talked before about why men and women are so different when it comes to sex. And for, for men, um, this is not 100% the case every single time. But for men, I think it is very physical in nature. Um, it's almost like... Um, you know, we have our bodies have a need for food. You know, for energy, we need water to be able to survive. Those are very physical type fundamentals. And I think for a man, it's it's almost hardwired as well. Like sex is very much a physical need. Are there emotional ties? Yes, um, uh, there there are those types of things that are there. Um, but I would say probably the primary driver for a man is very physical, whereas for a woman. Um, It is very much an emotional driver. Like, there has to be some uh, pursuing going on. It ain't just coming home and looking at your husband and be like, you know what, I think sex would be great tonight.
0: That would be fire if it was that (laughs) way, but it's totally not. It just ain't.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like, well, you should have started and, you know, this morning with, you know, maybe saying good morning, beautiful, and not, uh, your breasts think you need to go get a shower. You, you look kind of rough. My husband has never said that. I was going to
0: say, I, I don't know what she's implying, <laughs> but uh, I'm not starting my morning right, and right. worship the guy by disrespecting my spouse. That's <laughs> not, nah, we're not, no. Nah,
1: nah. He's not done that, mm. but it is, but it's like, it, it's very much, uh, there is a process sometimes that is involved um when it comes to to sex with women we want to feel like we are desirable we want to feel we want to feel like our husbands have taken the time to meet those emotional needs before there is um a physical a physical interaction i guess you could say that takes place sometimes it's not like that at all sometimes women do have a physical drive as well Um, but i don't think it happens um as often as -hmm. it does with men
0: Mm i agree What's your comments? They're pink. Uh Yeah. For men, uh like I like I stated earlier, it doesn't take much to want to have physical relations with his wife. Um I I will say this though. I would hope that the motivation or the urge, desire to have sex with um sex with your wife is pure and what i mean by that is that i hope i hope you haven't i hope you haven't been doing something any kind of sexual immorality i mean whether that be lusting at other women and then taking that home and then projecting it on your wife as if you want to have sex with her because you just love her, but you really had a preconceived notion from some other lustful thought. So put, that, put
1: that in perspective. How could bringing that into um, into into bed with your wife, so to speak, how can that alter the sexual interaction?
0: Um. Well, for me, that, that just seems kind of deceitful. I mean, could you imagine thinking about another woman while you're actively worshiping with your wife? Like, that's like, if there's an adultery times two, that's what that is, in in my opinion. Um, I mean, for instance, like, one of the things I I had, I I understood uh, coming into uh, living the Christian life is my relationship with, Sex in general. I, I in my past, I, I I was introduced to pornography from an early age, so uh, obviously my thoughts of sex were obviously, I mean, just unrealistic to be honest with you. Because a lot of that stuff is fantasy, it's demonic, it's sick, it's all kind of stuff, and it's crazy out going into marriage. Obviously, I hope you have some time with Christ and growing and developing as a christian before you just jump into marriage because sex is something you might want to uh just reanalyze within yourself to understand if you have a healthy relationship with it do you have a healthy understanding is it is your understanding of sex influenced by things you've seen in the world or what is displayed in the bible or how to love your wife um i don't i think you should just i mean that's just something i've had i had to deal with because uh i'll just put this out there it was a it was one of those times my wife was going through personal things and like like she's just stated sex for women is more emotional than anything and when your wife is going through things i'm sorry probably sex is the last thing on the brain i'm just gonna be honest here um and i had to just sit back and just think because it was one time i was like we haven't had sex in a while but The first thing I was thinking, or at least the Holy Spirit checked me on, is like, are you more concerned about having sex than you are at figuring out what's going on with your wife? And at that point, once you get angry, sometimes that can actually be an indication of what your idols are. And one time I had to check, and I I believe idol or sex was an idol in my life at one point. Um, Yeah, like I said, uh, past past issues with pornography and things like that... um, amongst many other things that just had me having negative connotations about having sex with my wife and uh, the thing about I would say also a thing that messes with a healthy sexual relationship with your wife is if there's any kind of lust or addictions to porn or anything like that um, because of the one thing about sin like we said the wages of sin is death but uh, if we take that into more than just death in real life let's just think about death and everything it's involved in your attraction to your wife is dying because you're spending more time divulging into looking at things of fantasy type sexual scenarios and situations you are with your wife so next time you have sex with your wife in your brain it may not be quote-unquote good enough because of the things that you've watched and pornographic situations uh it doesn't sit that because it sex a level of expectation that is higher and very unrealistic to what sex is actually like in a relationship at least healthy sex and a healthy relationship with your spouse uh you want to
1: so it's actually interesting because I, I I think sex is a topic that not that is not talked about enough in the church. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, when you hear about sex in church, it is more in a negative context mm-hmm. of um, sex outside of marriage, um, same homosexuality, that type of thing. Um, but actually, biblically, um, in First Corinthians chapter seven, this was Paul talking to the Corinthians. And it, it was actually talking about how um, men and women, like, excuse me, spouses.
0: There you go. <laughs>
1: in marriage should actually have sex often.
0: Say that again. Like two more times. Like, <laughs> two more times.
1: I'm going to read it. How about that? <laughs> in First Corinthians chapter 5 verse, uh, excuse me, chapter 7 verse 5, do not deprive one another except perhaps by agreement for a limited time that you may devote yourselves to prayer because obviously what has to be first in our lives it can't be our spouse that is number one in each other's eyes it has to be
0: the lord the
1: lord so yes like that prayer time one-on-one individual time is very important so it says you can make an agreement for a limited time but then come again together why There is a why here so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. I'm going to have you kind of talk on this a little bit. Whenever we got married, um, Eric was still a virgin, so he had never had sex before. Mm -hmm. Um, But once we got married and he was able to experience sex, how did that change
0: Uh, your
1: desire?
0: This is where the whole corruption of pornography sits in because I my my first sexual experience with my wife here was completely different from what I thought it was going to be according to the filth that I I had been watching as an unsaved person. So, uh I wouldn't say it was bad. It wasn't impleasurable or anything cuz it was still awesome, but it wasn't it wasn't what I perceived it to be. So, uh i wasn't mad or anything to be honest with you i was like oh, that's it huh <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> i know that sounds crazy out loud thank but,
1: you pornography I mean, in it, hollywood
0: <laughs> yeah you know what i'm saying and it just shows how destructive that can be towards the expectations set in marriage and some of the other things and i can it really once i just sat and thought about it uh spending time with the lord obviously on my daily devotions and just really having those uncomfortable conversations with myself and confessing those things to God about some of the stuff I was dealing with. He slowly speaks back and he just says about, or tells me all about myself and how I've been deceived about what sex is. Sex is pleasurable, but could you imagine how much more pleasurable you would have had? There was no expectations in your brain. There's so many different things that, uh, God setting the boundaries of what, is glorifying or how sex glorifies him in the proper context, aka marriage say two virgins come together and have sex there's one there's no one else in the past or anything to compare it to that's that's for one because i mean that could be pretty hurtful to your spouse either or if good gravy if one of them is bold enough to say hey you don't satisfy me the way one of my past lovers did you don't have to worry about that if you go into marriage pure i'm not saying that if you don't go into marriage two virgins is just hellbound. no that's not what i'm saying but it's just so many different things that you can experience in newness than it would be by a corrupted image based on what you've seen and not based off what god placed it to be if mm-hmm. that makes sense
1: yeah there was something it, it's interesting whenever the bible refers to sexual purity mm-hmm. it is all it, it's kind of like a um analogy with god's holiness god's righteousness it is is something that is very sacred um so uh, just so beautiful there's something so beautiful about sexual abstinence um before marriage and then being able to truly come together after that commitment that covenant has been made where god is just so pleased um but it's interesting as well. The flip side of that sexual immorality in the Bible, the analogy used with that, a lot of the times is idolatry. Mm, like is. It, the, the, the relationship between Christ and the church is a bride and a bridegroom. Um, And being able to have that reflected in marriage, we are a direct reflection of Christ and the church when it comes to marriage. Um, So that is just something that is so um, sacred. And whenever there is... um, immorality inside of marriage or you know the being able to have adultery that is that happens in marriage when there is a spouse that goes to another lover um that's another strong analogy that's also biblically um based like whenever we leave our first love like if we are christians but we allow um sin to come in then it's just like um when a spouse would have an adulterous relationship with somebody else leaving their first love and that can be so damaging for anybody who's ever experienced that inside of marriage that is just so uh i don't think there's any words to describe the pain that happens there um just being very transparent here um we just talked about eric being a a virgin when we got married i was not um and actually i think that brought up some very interesting things early on in our marriage um i think and actually you i'll I'll ask the question did you feel in any way that you were being compared to uh, a previous sexual partner maybe that i'd had or that you weren't living up to expectations or you felt like there was some unspoken um expectation that was there like how did how What was going through your mind, knowing that you were going to get involved in a marriage with a woman who was previously sexually active?
0: Um, I I would just say based off my own personal insecurities beyond sex, just in life, period. I kind of that's something you unknowingly go and bring into marriage, and sometimes, yeah, I thought I was uh being compared. I mean, she never said anything disrespectful to me out loud. even make me assume anything like that. But in my brain, uh just wanting to satisfy my wife in the best way possible. And I have this serious issue in life where I feel like I need to be the best at something at the first time. Like I mean even <laughs> at my new job right now, like I'm I'm expecting to be the best mechanic and I didn't know nothing about cars or even how to change oil to last August. So, I mean but I didn't at the same time, knowing that my wife was previously sexually active, I didn't i didn't hold that against her i i'm a very self-analytical person so i mean before i even give myself the uh uh reason to lash out i kind of just pinpoint my thoughts and where they're coming from and what drives those thoughts so uh but yeah i mean i had some some insecurities when it came to uh satisfying my wife or having sex with my wife um mrs Payton here uh but Uh, it's kind of hard to describe i mean yeah i had my insecurities about whether i was quote unquote good enough squeeze my fingers but um at the same time that's where communication comes into play and stuff like that and a lot of time like we don't like to discuss sex within the church because of how society or abuses it obviously in Mm -hmm. more ways than one you see it in movies tv Mm -hmm. shows and things like that obviously context in which it was not meant to be because everybody acting having sex on tv ain't married so uh amongst many other things i
1: I think that's helped drive it to be more socially acceptable as well yeah you know like let let me speak just for a moment on sex outside of marriage Mm -hmm. um specifically sex before marriage that would be the biblical term of fornication
0: fornication Yes.
1: yes um there is uh, a scripture that also Paul um, stated of flee fornication um, because it wars against your soul. Like, what does he mean by that? What is he talking about by that? Um, being a person who has experienced um, sex before marriage, I can tell you, um, it it does something to you emotionally and spiritually like there are like soul ties that happen whenever you engage sexually with someone you have that intimacy you have that sexual intimate intimacy with someone like the bible describes that as becoming one flesh and when that covenant that sacred commitment has not been made Um, there's just something about that, that just turns this beautiful gift of sex into something that is just, I think the best way I can describe it, it's almost like a drug.
0: Yeah. Like all sin.
1: Mm -hmm. It's like, it doesn't become this pleasant, um, Passionate time with your spouse, where you're discovering one another, you're getting to know each other in more intimate ways than what you ever thought possible. Um, because it is so much more than just physical. Like the physical is awesome, but there are so many spiritual and emotional ties with that. And when it's done outside of marriage, it almost creates this. Um, I don't. I don't know how to describe it. It's. It's almost like. Something that I that's expected that I have to give in order to keep that relationship going. This might not yeah. be, um, how it's described with everyone. Um, we have you know friends who, um, who will engage in sex outside of marriage, um, we do not judge them for that that is something that they are going to have to come to terms with for themselves you know they're grown adults mm. <laughs> um but- we're not
0: saying we got people in within the church that we know are committing fornication and we're just bypassing to let that be okay without rebuking them. that is not what we're saying just in case sure. anybody was like yo are they just letting their friend nah we got friends that ain't saved quote unquote that do that i mean it's I mean, I I have saved friends that we live by the covenant in the Bible, and of course, you have your unsaved friends who don't. But I just want to clarify that Thank for y'all, right? Thank you for clarifying right that. Thank yeah.
1: you. Yep, there you go. Um, anyway, but just to kind of wrap that up, like I know it it did damage to me. Um, it obviously brought some issues into our marriage early on. Um, of just some some sexual scars that i had of um not feeling good enough like women are horrible with body image my body was never ever acceptable to me i still have struggles with that as well i mean i've lost over 100 pounds and i still have self-worth body image um issues that i'm trying to work through um but there's just i don't know it it going back it it really does feel like it's a type of drug where you want to break away from it so bad but it's just something that just has a hold on you and it's like whatever you do you cannot break free of it because it is just so deep Mm -hmm. there is i know for me personally there was this deep root um to be approved to be affirmed to feel like i had worth and one of the ways that i found that was um giving away myself sexually to partners or to people I was involved in and it really damaged me emotionally Um, I had a very hard time trusting people whenever me and Eric first started courting I had a very difficult time trying to trust him because I'm like you know what is his agenda is he just being nice to me because he wants something sexually from me Um, there were walls up for a while and we had lots of talks about sex and you know we're very transparent with each other through that um, which I think helped us so much when we first started our marriage um, of being able to be very open and not having surprises like that like I couldn't imagine uh, on our honeymoon night being like oh by the way I've had sex before (laughs) Like, that would have been a very awkward conversation. (laughs) We were very open and honest about that, for sure. Um, Oh, there was one other thing I wanted to hit on. What was it? Um, I can't remember, but this is one that's coming to me. Um, Communication is so important when it comes to sex inside marriage. Mm -hmm. Once again, we are talking about sex inside of marriage. That is appropriate. Mm -hmm. Um I, I y'all it's just it's a beautiful thing, and i I don't, I don't have the words to describe of how wonderful it is. I, ah, it just came back to me of how wonderful sex is inside of marriage asking this question to you when have you found like what has been going on in our lives our relationship when you have found sex to be the most um satisfactory when it has felt passionate and deep and just very uh fulfilling
0: when i've genuinely spent time with my wife throughout the week um and that's not just sitting next to her but conversing with her uh, getting to know what's going on with her spiritually, having spiritual talks. Uh, not just say everything has to be spiritual, but just to be fully involved in the, the events that's transpiring in my wife's life uh, is more of a, it's like a, how do you say it? It's like a, a spiritual aphrodisiac in a sense. It's kind of mm-hmm. like, you're setting the stage for it to happen. Not to say you have an agenda. Hey, I'm going to go spend like eight hours a day with my wife. So That's called manipulation. Yeah, that's manipulation. <laughs> that's that's not cool at all. Um, But when you're just honestly no distractions, just like your relationship with God is the purest when there are no distractions or that distractions have been minimized or whatever. Uh, when you're spending the quality time with your spouse and just loving her and get to know her, uh, read books together. I mean, I think the most dangerous part of our quarantine relationship was when we were actually sticking to all the boundaries and rules because it was so pure but at the same time the purity was attractive and it was just Mm -hmm. like I really want to have sex with her right now but I'm not so but it was it's like when you truly get to know someone that's true intimacy truly getting to know someone everything about them because obviously the more you get to know someone The more you're wanting to get to know and you slowly fall in love with that thing that you're getting or that woman or man that you're getting to know and it just it's a normal human desire Mm -hmm. but we are unfortunately sinners by flesh born that way and you know sometimes i just want to express it but you're not finna do that because god didn't say cool. You know, the mm-hmm. one
1: thing you just pointed out, though, I think that is something else that um, the church needs to do better about is I think the underlying belief is if you don't talk about it, you know, it'll it'll go away. There mm-hmm. won't be that big of a deal. Did you hear what my husband just said? That when we were courting and there were times when he said, i really like to have sex with you right now. Like, he verbally said that to me. But then ended it with, but we're not. Like you, I think it is so important to verbalize when you are in a uh, a healthy relationship, dating that is, mm-hmm. um, engagement, um, being able to vocally talk about your boundaries so that there is just not this burning desire down inside of you that you're like, I just... I have to keep this to myself. I have to keep this to myself. You're going to implode, like for real. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, I, I can't tell you what that did for me of knowing that my future husband found me desirable, found me attractive, but then protected that sacredy, that sanctity of marriage by saying, I, I love you more. To be able to step back and save that for our married time, Um, because one, I love God first, and I don't want to be disobedient to God. But two, I want to show you how much I want to protect that, how much I love you, um, and how much this is worth waiting for. You are worth waiting for. He knew some of my sexual scars, and like it was, it was even double. Um, for me like the desire to want to share that with him in appreciation of saying thank you for seeing me as me um, and not treating me like a piece of meat mm-hmm. not treating me as um, uh, uh, I can't think of the word anyway just trying to score <laughs> looking to get a score I mean really yeah. like that just made me admire him and fall in love with him even more Um to see that I was precious that I was valuable and that he wanted to save the intimacy with me at a time when God would be most pleased and that we could get the full benefits of what that felt like you know I felt like somebody's leftovers I actually uh, had told Eric you don't want to marry me you are sexually pure you are a virgin um, and that is so special you deserve to have your first time with someone who is pure someone who is not damaged who is not scarred um, but thanks be to God he was able to turn those ashes into beauty and to be able to redeem that inside of me so that we were able to enjoy you know our honeymoon we were able to enjoy the next level of sexual intimacy when the time was right So don't give up hope. You are not damaged goods. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that God cannot repair inside of you, mentally, emotionally, and physically, um, if you just give it to Him.
0: Uh, I'm saying Uh, once we're in Christ, we're new creatures. Mm -hmm. So it would literally, it would literally be sin for me to think of her less than pure, even though she had been in sexual relations prior to our relationship. Like that's just I. I don't know. That sounds satanish to me. I don't. I don't. hold that over her head or something. I, I don't know. I. I just. Yeah. Our, our story was very unique. Uh, two different paths, two different backgrounds, so the different factors. But um, we're
1: still figuring it out.
0: Two years in. <laughs> yeah. Two years in. We're still figuring it out.
1: Two and a half, baby. Two and a half.
0: You yeah. hit a half. Two point five. <laughs> yeah. So, but um. For I would recommend anybody courting dealing with any kind of sexual immorality or anything like that well let's just stick to the court first if you are courting you have a spouse I recommend or you have a spouse in mind I recommend that y'all read the five love languages yes more no I'm not even going to say more so I would say for both the man and the woman because I didn't really understand myself or what my love language was I mean, of course, my love language for me back in the day due to my own insecurities and scars is just, my wife called me attractive and I'm good to go. Like, you know, but Mm -hmm. I mean, because I mean, a lot of life, a lot of times in my younger days as a young person, adolescent, I was called ugly. So, I mean, after a while, I just believed it. So, I mean, but uh, I found out quality time was my uh, love language, at least primarily, and uh words of aff- no words of affirmation were and then quality time was second and for my wife here uh you can what was oh George. yours
1: that's very interesting because our mind changed
0: yeah it was weird when we were mm. dating
1: my love language was more quality time because we didn't get that time to spend with each other so i really wanted that um, once we were married, we took, kind of, kind of reevaluated and looked at it again. And actually, my top is acts of service. I don't want you to tell me what you're going to do. I want you to show me. <laughs> I want you mm-hmm. to come along beside me and help me. Yep. Which is huge, because I was not like that at all. Um, and then I think my second was physical touch. So mm-hmm. And that is not necessarily sexual in nature. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a very touchy-feely person anyway. Um, but just to... Uh, that's just one of the ways that love is easily expressed to me whether it's a kiss on the forehead or a hug or holding hands in public you know something like that is um very important but it's very important to understand how to love your spouse in the way that they want to be loved not how you think they should be loved because your love languages can be totally different. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to discover that about each other so you know how to love them accurately. Mm
0: -hmm. And if that goes and that goes according, especially with the women that are more emotional, since their their sexual experience is primarily triggered by emotion, feeling love, pursuit, all those things. You know what the woman's love language is, bro. If you want (laughs) to... I'm not saying just have that in mind all the time for you know for you know deceitful reasons to want to have sex i mean love your wives the so christ love the church that's 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 a command by the way but uh yeah but you have to understand how your wife desires to be loved or love is to her in her language and ultimately if y'all are both ministering to each other since marriage is a ministry first it's more about serving one another point each other to god every time you know so on a regular basis so, but if y'all are constantly loving each other based on what y'all's respective love languages is, are, sorry, I don't speak proper English mm-hmm. sometimes, but um, loving each other accordingly, I'm pretty sure, I, at least I can attest, I can't talk from my wife, but she can amen this if she want. Uh, many times when my love languages met and I felt like I was meeting her love languages, uh, quote unquote, act of worship was a lot more enjoyable because it didn't just seem like an act it was more so an act and an expression of gratitude love yes, thanks so would, many different things that would be the
1: difference it wasn't just a physical act it yeah. was definitely an expression i think the the times when i have enjoyed um sex the most and this isn't like for me sex is, sex is enjoyable Yeah, it's Um, not
0: a sin to enjoy sex. Yeah, it's really Mm -hmm. not.
1: Like, I I enjoy Mm -hmm. sex, but I think the times Mm -hmm. when it has filled the most, uh, filled, felt. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Felt the most, um, I don't want to say genuine or authentic because I feel like any time we've had sex has been that, but probably the most fulfilled is been when we are on the same page spiritually. And I think that just goes back full circles, right back to how we describe sex, active worship. Um, It truly feels like a spiritual experience. And that sounds so weird and so foreign because it seems like God is just disapproves of sex, period. Mm -hmm. But That is not the case. Like he created it for us and to be able to have that inside of a place that has been... Uh, consecrated to him, something that has been dedicated to him. There is a covenant that is there. Um, I think it pleases him when it's done in a way that is, um, appropriate and within the bounds of marriage. Um, but yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I just believe, I think the reason that the church sees sex as such a taboo subject is because nobody wants to give anybody under the sound of their voice if it were to be spoken of in a church atmosphere or setting, is that somebody will use something they said as an alibi to fulfill some kind of fleshful desires. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, there's there's people that abuse the Bible and things in the Bible according to what they want to do by themselves. I would just say, do it by yourself, bro. Like, or sister. Don't necessarily look for anything in the Bible to justify your sin because it doesn't. But, uh yeah I think I think it's just so taboo it's just because everybody doesn't know how to approach it we don't know the spiritual maturity of the people in the church and stuff like that I would say I would recommend just talk about it in small groups to be honest with you mm-hmm. uh, I got my own discipleship group um and as men we talk about sex all the time um just just the natural urge to want to do it which isn't bad it's just it's just bad when it's done out of the context in which Christ or god uh purposed it for so marriage and um yeah but it's sex is beautiful it is believe it or not the world tries to make it seem like it's quote-unquote nasty i mean people say they get nasty and stuff like that when they refer to sex but it's not a nasty act it's a god glorifying act it's just that we have so much history of abusing it and perverting it and using it to glorify ourselves that we don't see it as beautiful anymore we just see it as something that should be forbidden not talked about and done in secret obviously it needs to be done behind closed doors uh anything sexual done in the uh in the bedroom under the
1: you can still kiss me in the middle of target if you want to though yeah
0: that's cool yeah pda yeah <laughs> but uh yeah so we just wanted to talk about sex today actually it was my wife's idea uh, I just kind of ran with it. You know?
1: Yeah, he's like sex. Yeah, why don't you talk about that?
0: Yeah, but I understand. Also, there's not promise that I'm going to have sex after this podcast. I do think realistically. Hey, no. I'm glad y'all are here I'm with not us. Not even commenting on once it. again. <laughs> uh, sorry for the hiatus. Life has just been happening, but uh, we thank y'all for tuning in. We shall be back very soon. Much love blessings
1: happy thanksgiving
0: oh yeah enjoy your holidays love your family